0: Hey everyone. It's Rue. Just me today. No Sarah, no no Matt, no Anna, just just me. I am very excited to be hosting our developer special this episode. We're going to be diving into all things dev related and what OnePassword is doing to support and engage with the developer community. If that sounds like your kind of thing, then totally you should hang out. We're going to jump into my chat with Simon and Dennis here pretty soon. Talk about the fantastic 1Password suite of developer tools we have to offer. We also have a great interview in this episode with a developer from ReadMe. Kanad Gupta joined us today. Just tons of fun. Even if like developer tools is not your thing, you should hang out anyway. Because I think it's always fun to listen to people get excited about things. And there's plenty of nerding out that happens in this episode. So without further ado, we'll drop in the interview here. Joining us today for this week at 1Password are Shell Integrations and CLI senior developer Simon Behrense and Director of Product Management Dennis Kramhout-Vandermeer. They're here today to discuss the incredible 1Password suite of developer tools, how we're working and engaging with the developer community, and all the exciting things we have in store for devs in the future. Gentlemen, I am very excited to have you on the show today. This is something that is very near and dear to my heart. So welcome and thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Glad to, glad to be here. So let's start at the beginning and answer this very basic question. Why does 1Password care about developers? So 1Password was founded by developers
1: who... Realize that developer tools are complex, hard to use, and in need of some love. So, by giving developers a convenient way to build securely, we've built a strong developer community that has contributed to our company's growth and success. We couldn't have done it without them, honestly. We see the problems that are standing in the way of developers on a daily basis, and we're working hard on features and products to make developers workflows simpler, more productive, and more secure. We cannot do this alone. We have an amazing one password developer community on Slack that is giving us daily feedback and is even willing to contribute to make every developer's life better. And we in return. We try to give back to our community by making tools that are as extendable as possible whether it's through integrating with our CLI
0: and shell plugins or for us to make the best documentation possible. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. So diving right into it, we have released a lot of developer tools over the past year or so. And it's interesting even just to for myself to go back and, and look at some of the documentation and stuff. Can you remind our listeners what 1Password suite of dev tools consists of? and what we've already released, and maybe even a little bit of a preview about what's coming up next?
1: Yeah, for sure. So we have been focusing very hard last year on making developers work faster, easier, and more secure. As both you and I know, security and convenience are often at odds with each other. And we try to strike a balance in the same way that we do for a core password manager. We provide easy ways of integrating our tools and meeting developers where they are at whether it's in their terminal, in, in a code editor, their IDE or SSH session. And we are providing easy ways of extending our tools to make it fit for their specific use case. And this is kind of like the driver and the vision of everything that we have been doing and everything that we're going to do. So to dive in a little deeper, last year, we focused on making security at the center of developer workflows by expanding 1Password capabilities. And our dev community gave great feedback that securely storing, retrieving, and running processes with infrastructure secrets, let's say database passwords, is difficult to do in a single convenient tool. And not everybody has the ability to run our secrets automation product in their environment. So we listened to all the feedback and we released our new CLI, which now allows you to easily retrieve these secrets one one password and securely inject these secrets at runtime into process with the convenience of your fingerprint. This is also way safer than global environment variables because only the running process knows about these infrastructure secrets instead of the whole system, which makes it easier for you to integrate. And speaking of integrations, we've also released a new VS Code extension. It helps you migrate your insecure infrastructure secrets or create new secrets on the fly, right in the code editor where developers work. Also, thanks to our amazing 1Password developer community we have on Slack, there is now an extension for this available for JetBrains IDEs as well that was contributed by one of our members. And basically, we are applying the same thinking around security and productivity around our new SSH feature as well. Now, I imagine that not everybody on this podcast knows what SSH is. It is the prevailing method of gaining terminal access to a remote machine and has been around for decades. SSH keys are the most common and secure form of authentication for businesses. However, developers report that these are cumbersome to generate, to store, and to use these SSH keys properly. And with this new SSH feature, it reduces a ton of friction around SSH key management by integrating this right into the 1Password experience that you know and love. So now you're able to generate new SSH keys from within 1Password, which is just as easy, actually, as generating a new random password. And these keys are now also stored in 1Password, which makes them highly portable. So you don't have to rely on other sync tools like Dropbox to move these around. And what's really neat is when you initiate an SSH connection, it will utilize 1Password authentication to use that SSH keys and because it uses that authentication that means that you can use our authentication goodies as well like biometrics so now you can simply ssh into a remote machine or pull a git repository by simply authenticating with your fingerprint that means no more insecure passwords no more cumbersome open ssl incantations to generate these keys or the external syncing of keys or manually typing key passwords it's now as simple as you know, the touch of a fingerprint. And this is not just for machine authentication, remote machine authentication, but you can also now use this to sign your code commits as well with our new Git commit signing feature. These are some of the awesome new features that we've released last year to show our commitment to developers in making
0: their workflows and their lives more efficient and more secure. So the SSH agent and the SSH commit signing have been two of my favorite things. I recently got a new M2 MacBook Pro, which is incredibly fast and really, really great. And having to set up my environment on there for development was so simple from the 1Password point of view. I didn't have to go into my old machine and dig through my SSH config directory and manually copy things over and hope that I brought over the files that I had sitting there that were the keys that I was using before. But I just went into one password in the settings, went down to the developer section, checked the checkbox, and to turn on the SSH agent. And then I just clicked a button that said, yes, update my config file. And that was it. I was pulling and pushing code, no problem. Setting up the, the commit signing was fantastic, just very straightforward, very streamlined. And you're right, it's all accessible now behind the Touch ID sensor on my MacBook or via my Apple Watch, if, I wanna, if I'm using that for unlock. But not only that, I then recently resurrected an old Mac mini that I had kicking around and updated that to the latest OS and was setting everything up. And it still had, it's old enough, it still had all of my old SSH key files on there and everything else. And I just deleted all of that stuff because it's all stored in 1Password now. Made sure I was running the latest version of 1Password 8. Checked the checkbox in minutes. I'm just, I'm set up. I'm ready to go. And I know what keys I'm using for what. It's such a huge boon to the development cycle that, I can't imagine not having it and like people who aren't using it today, they're going to have their minds blown when they start using it. So like, you're going to get a lot of this from me on this, this conversation to be just fanboying out about the various things that we've <laughs> built because they're so good. Yeah,
1: for sure. I mean, it's the same for me. Like I've used SSH for 20 years and it hasn't really moved forward much in terms of, you know, the technology itself. And now that I'm using this, I'm like, of course, this makes sense. It's so much easier these days to use. So yeah,
0: it's definitely one of my favorite features as well. So if you look at our entire suite of developer tools, we're now in a position where we're securing every aspect of the software development lifecycle. Can you talk a little bit about what that looks like from the beginning of that lifecycle to the end? Absolutely. Oh boy, that's a great question. So
1: yeah, the SDLC, or for those who aren't aware, the software development lifecycle is how... Your favorite apps and features get turned from ideas into actual code. Now, there are various steps involved in it from start to finish. So you start off by pulling the latest code changes before you start your work. You write code for the actual feature or product, but that's actually just one piece of it. The rest of the pieces are, you know, just as essential. So now you get to commit your code to a code repository and, you know, you have to sign your code commits as well, like verify that it's actually you who's committing these codes. Now you're testing code for any mistakes or errors. You deploy code to staging or production and running code in production as well. And in the end, your code might fail. You might have to troubleshoot it. You do on a remote machine when things go bad. Now, with our commitment of making developer workflows more efficient and more secure, our goal is to be with you each and every step of the way of this software development life cycle. So when you pull those latest changes from your code repository, you can now do that via SSH and with touch of your fingerprint, as we just discussed. And when you're writing code, we're right with you in your favorite code editor, making sure to make you more secure by migrating your infrastructure secrets to 1Password, using the new VS Code extension or the JetBrains extension by our community. And when you're ready to commit code, now it's as easily assigning your Git commits again with just your fingerprint. And the same goes again for pushing those code commits to a remote repository like GitLab or GitHub. It's all done with one password and it's all done with your fingerprint. Now, when it comes to testing your code, we have CI CD integrations to easily grab the necessary credentials from one password in order to allow you to securely test your code with that as well. These integrations also help with code deployment, or you can use our improved CLI to easily retrieve these secrets from 1Password and then securely inject these secrets at runtime into a process. And yeah, as mentioned earlier, if everything goes wrong and you need to troubleshoot you know, on a remote machine, you need to connect via SSH, well, guess what? Now 1Password is there as well. We can easily allow you to authenticate to SSH again with your fingerprints. So yeah, all of these features help developers to work fast without giving up on security and to be as secure as they are productive. That's awesome.
0: Simon, as we look at feedback from developers and and you being a developer yourself, it's been overwhelmingly positive. Can you can you talk about some of the the aspects of that feedback that have really stuck out to you? Or some ways in which you've had some of that validation around the direction that we're taking and the things that we're building from not only yourself, but your team members and then the wider community?
2: Yes, I think I see two kind of teams around that feedback that we're, that we're seeing. And, and you're right, it's it's all overwhelmingly positive and that's really heartwarming, heartwarming to see. It's always great as a developer, when you put something out there and people actually like it and and use it and stories like the one that you just told us about switching your Mac and then it all just working seamlessly. That's, that's always great to hear. And in terms of the feedback that we're hearing, it's roughly these two teams of either users who have complex setups before, and now it just works seamlessly for them, push of a touch ID button and that's all, all it takes. And it's really about the removal of, of the complexity before. And then there is users who weren't making use of all of the features. For example, like we didn't roll out Git commit signing across all of our teams because it was too big of a hurdle, like a complexity hurdle. And now that that complexity has gone away, it's actually an option for us to, to roll that out. So that's the major teams that I see in the feedback, both the hey, it's now easier to use what I've used before and I can now actually go and make the security improvement for my team because it's now accessible to us.
0: So what are some of the aspects of our developer suite today that you think people maybe aren't using as much as as they could or maybe aren't as well known that like is something that you're using and you're like, gosh, everyone should be using this. It's so great.
2: Yeah, I think the VS code integration that lets you replace secrets. Sh- from your source code and turn them into references to secrets in 1Password, taking away the, the plain text secret from your source code and instead loading it at runtime when you need it from 1Password, that's something that I think is useful for a lot of developers out there if that's not getting as much attention as, as the other function out here.
0: Am I correct in remembering that that integration has some smarts? behind it so that it will even point out things that it thinks are secrets as it's as you're working through the code yeah that's right the text whenever it sees a secret inside
2: of your code then it will pop up and tell you like hey i think there's a secret here do you want to move that away like move that into one password and instead have that secret like the reference to where that is in one password in your code so that you can actually check that into source control without exposing the secret in that way
0: yeah that's so cool so, Simon, it seems like given the feedback that we've heard that there's a real desire from the community for these types of workflows and these types of tools to help devs secure their workflows. And it doesn't really seem like this type of stuff has existed before. Like, why do you think that these developer workflows have gone so under the radar in the security space up until now?
2: That's a great question. I think that as consumers, we have seen a lot of improvements over the years. For years now, we're already using like touch ID on our phones to make payments, get into the phone itself and and all sorts of other things. As soon as I open my laptop and, and go to do my development job or work on my personal project as a, as a developer, then suddenly there's a lot of complexity. And for a very long time, we have accepted that as sort of the status quo. And that's just the way it is for developers. There's there's just more complexity there. And now with these releases that we're bringing out, we're trying to break that pattern and, and say like, hey, no, that complexity isn't something that inherently needs to be there for us developers. Even developers, we we deserve nice things. <laughs> uh, we want to use Touch ID as well. So that's where the biggest reason it went under the radar is we just accepted
3: that.
0: It's just, yeah, this is pain that we have to endure like this is there's no other way forward like this is just this is where we have to be what i think is so awesome about this is how one password historically has been incredibly user-friendly and like we really put a lot of effort into making it as as easy to use as possible and for us to be able to take that core strength and bring that to the developer community and say like look this stuff doesn't have to be hard this stuff doesn't have to be so full of friction is just wonderful to see us being able to carry that forward. I'm very excited about that. So Dennis, outside of the developer community, I feel like there's this perception that our workflows are inherently more secure than other types of work. I don't think that's 100% true. Can you talk a little bit about why securing developer workflows is so important and and what the actual problem is that we're trying to solve?
1: Yeah, for sure. Have you read the news lately? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Is what comes to mind. Like when it comes to data breaches. I think this is a common misperception. And it's quite apparent with the amount of data breaches that we're seeing throughout the industry for sure. So my high-level hypothesis is that even though there are various causes to these data breaches, you know, human error or cyber attacks or weak security, developers are under a lot of stress. We just released a new study and one out of three employees that we've studied reported to have been the most stressed that they've ever been in their lives. Which means from a developer perspective, they have to iterate and deliver code faster than ever in a competitive environment. And anything that's not directly contributing to this goal will take a back seat. And security can be part of that, unfortunately. Now this can be solved, you know, through implementing the usual proper security and access controls, trainings, processes, and proper use of encryption, especially actually encryption we find to be lacking in organizations. But there isn't a whole lot there right now. Like even if I'm thinking about for example, I was at Roku, they created this methodology, the twelve factor app, which was revolutionary in creating, you know, a more declarative portable, and sometimes mutable application. And even though these methodologies have helped the writing and deployment of these applications to be more scalable and maintainable, it doesn't really provide guidance on what secure software development in 2023 looks like. Now, you might say that this is a problem with the way how software is being written, but let me give you another example in the form of SSH. SSH is the, the factor standard for decades, right? In order to gain remote terminal access to machines. And those SSH keys are the common standard to provide authentication. However, there is no single tool for, you know, storing and generating them until now. And if I look back, like if, I'm, if we're taking your old machine, for example, and how you probably used it, generating an SSH key with such a system was never easy. And the defaults for generating a key have actually become more insecure over time as time simply progresses and encryption standards go up. Also, there is no password to this SSH key by default. So you will have to specify the correct key length and algorithm that's secure and put in the right password. I've been using SSH for the past two decades, and I still have to look up the exact incantation that I need in order to generate a secure SSH key in 2023. And you know, once you're done, congratulations, now you have a public and private key that are generated, but they're sitting on your file system. And now you have to make sure that these are securely stored somewhere in case they get lost or your machine gets damaged or whatever else happens. We've concluded that because there is so much friction in the process, developers rarely rotate their SSH keys, which carries a security risk. But again, with this new SSH feature, it reduces a ton of friction by integrating this right into the 1Password experience that you know and love.
0: When I was first setting up the SSH agent within 1Password, I imported my old SSH keys or my existing SSH keys. That's sort of where I started. I was like, well, okay, I already have keys. I'll just bring them in. And they failed to import at first. And so I went back to the team. I said, hey, look, I'm having some trouble importing these keys. And we ended up working through the problem and pushing a solution in place. But what I discovered as a a result of this was that the keys that I was using were like 15 years old and were in an old format and structure that weren't recommended for use anymore. I had no idea. At no point was that information ever made it across my desk. and, And I was I never knew it. Now that it's in 1Password, when these changes happen going forward, then we get to leverage things like Watchtower, which is our built-in security dashboard, to say like, hey, you've got these keys that actually need some attention. We should probably roll these. We should regenerate. It brings it under that roof of protection, which is so, so nice. So, Simon, can you – I want to go back a little bit to the, the December release. Can you talk about some of the additional features that were in that release and sort of how they fit into into a bigger picture?
2: Yes. Yeah, there are two big parts in that release. There is the 1Password shell plugins, which allow you to authenticate any CLI out there with Touch ID. So whether that's your AWS CLI, GitHub CLI, any tool you're using in the terminal, you can just use Touch ID to authenticate that and you're it. No longer have to store secrets in plain text on disk or set up set environment variables or type password manually it just touch it with the secret store in one password so that fits into the bigger picture of the software delivery life cycle in the sense that it, it helps you like when you're working on your development locally when you use for example the github cli to open a ticket and it also helps all the way at the end of the software delivery life cycle when you're maintaining software that's running in in production when you're connecting to AWS or your incident responding. So in all the pieces of the software delivery lifecycle, there's the, when you as a developer use the terminal, you can use the the shell plugin functionality to just use touch ID there. Then there's a second component to that December release, the CI CD integrations. When you run a CI CD job, whether it's to test the software that you've just pushed or to release or deploy software to to an environment in production to get it out in the hands of your users. That's where a lot of secrets are are usually required as well, whether that's access to the cloud where the software is running or you need access to where you publish your binaries when you push a new release to that space. So in order to manage those secrets that are required in the the CI-CD pipeline, manage those in in 1Password to have them stored encrypted there, sync to what all the places that are needed automatically, that's where you can use the CI-CD integrations.
0: And can you talk a little bit about the open source aspect of all of this and some of the contributions both internally, you know, a lot of these things that we're working on are, are ending up as open source. So we're getting contributions internally, but we're also getting contributions from a wider community.
2: Yeah, back in 20, like April 22, when we first released the next version of one Password CLI, as well as SSH integrations that we've been talking about before, a lot of the feedback that we've gotten from the developer community was like, we love the integration with the touch ID, and I want to use this across my entire developer lifecycle. And we wanted to, for sure, why not? Let's see if this is possible, right? So what we, what we did there is. We looked at, okay, how can we make this work for every CLI that you're using? And the way we could see that work is if we made it an ecosystem of plugins, and instead of us trying to make it work for every CLI in the sun, we made it possible for every dev to make it work for their tools. And so we made all of this, like the plugins available, open source at GitHub with an MIT license and... You can build a plugin for the tools that you're using, add them to the repo, and then they're available for everyone to use as well. Additionally, like we're doing all sorts of other things for the community, such as like, there's a lot of integrations built by OnePassword users. You can see all of them under developer.onepassword.com. This is very much a by developers, for developers kind of thing. We've already received a tremendous amount of contributions from the community. I'm really appreciative of that. So far, I think we've seen 33 plugins being contributed already. And that number is increasing daily. So by the time we, we publish this podcast, it's probably already <laughs> outdated.
0: It's so impressive to me that we already have 33 contributions of new plugins. That is fairly organic that growth seems to have come from the developers but the community is is already feels like it's become self-sustaining in this way that gives me a ton of excitement and sort of hope for where this is going to go in the not too distant future
2: yeah a lot of folks are developers are feeling the same pains that we did of like hey there's there's friction here and we want to remove that and with the launch of shell plugins we've built the ecosystem that enables developers to make this work with any of their CLIs.
0: Yeah. So, there's an aspect of this that I think is really important, which is as devs, you're right, we want to make pain go away for ourselves. And a lot of times, you know, we'll spend we'll spend a great deal of time building a tool to do something, to automate away something, you know, otherwise we could just sort of brute force and do by hand. The barrier to entry or the ease of development around these tools I have to imagine, just given the contributions that we've seen so far, is fairly low. People can jump into this, it sounds like, with very little trouble and actually create something with not a ton of effort that dramatically improves their workflows.
2: Yeah, that's right. We've found it important to make it accessible to everyone and and really set that low barrier. And we've already seen several developers who were completely new to Golang, which is the, the language that we've written these tools in. They were completely new to the language. Yet they've contributed a plugin just because of the documentation around it, but also the tooling available to help you get set up with the framework of the plugin. It was very quick. You were jumping on this.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. So, Dennis, what else? What else do we have coming? I mean, I, I realize we've spent this entire show talking about all the amazing things that we've built so far. We're obviously not done. Can you peel back the curtain a little bit and tell people what might be coming up? Yeah, we're far from done. We are basically going to continue our commitment to
1: developers and making their workflows more efficient and more secure. So we're listening a ton to the feedback that we're getting from our 1Password developer community. And we are working right now on being able to provide better programmatic access to 1Password, especially for non-human users and to have automated interaction happen in the background. We also want to create better security awareness for developers. You've mentioned earlier the SSH key that you had floating around on your machine. You tried to import it, and then you found out through the process that that key was actually 15 years old and very insecure. We want to make that better. We want to up the standard because it's just so hard to get visibility into this. On top of that, what we also want to do is make it easier and cheaper for any student starting their career, whether they are doing you know, computer science or not to use 1Password and discover our developer tools. We also want to make it even easier for anyone to contribute to 1Password open source. And we'll continue to do that. And most of all, honestly, we want to have fun with our developer community. So we have some ideas out there. Be sure to keep an eye out
0: on our 1Password developer Slack channel. That's wonderful. Excellent. All right, Simon. So you want to bring us home here where can devs go to dive into the developer tools documentation learn how to get started if they want to contribute and start using these things themselves
2: Yes for sure devs can go to developer.onepassword.com it's developer.onepassword.com to go and learn about like the documentation see community projects and all sorts of other things relevant to developers on developer.onepassword.com
0: Very good you got the triple repetition well done well done yeah
2: just in case anyone missed
0: it the first time (laughs) yeah exactly exactly excellent well dennis simon thank you both so much for joining me today absolute pleasure one of my favorite interviews in a long time as i'm sure you could gather so cheers to you both thank you so much for having us Rue. really appreciate it
1: see you all out there on the on the githubs
2: yeah thanks for having me rue and you really got me excited with all your enthusiasm about these tools uh, so thank you for that as well
0: (laughs) excellent excellent Fresh off that wonderful interview from Simon and Dennis, and to close off our developer special today, I am now joined by Kanad Gupta of ReadMe. Kanad is the author and contributor of the ReadMe shell plugin, and I can't wait to find out more about his firsthand experience using and building One pastor Developer
3: Tools. Uh, welcome to the show, Kanad. How are you? You know, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Michael. It is a balmy 70 degrees here in Minneapolis, and a day ago, it was like 30, so, you know flying high today it's great
0: very very nice very nice yeah same here it's about the same uh, for those of us who are not measuring in freedom points that's like 18 celsius i think i'm in syracuse new york so yeah
3: sorry fahrenheit
0: yeah 70 fahrenheit is perfect for me in syracuse new york so don't worry about it nice okay so first things first cannot what does readme do
3: yeah what is readme you know we're a small startup we have about yeah 50 folks We are essentially a CMS platform, but it's for API-first companies, you know, if they're trying to build out like an interactive developer hub so users can use their API successfully. We have companies ranging from your small mom-and-pop API companies and companies as large as Amazon and Lyft. They're building developer hubs with us. For us, developer experience kind of informs everything that we do here. That I think will kind of dovetail into some of our conversation topics today. But for us, that encompasses a lot of different things. So we have, in my opinion, the best API reference for REST APIs in the game. We can actually make API calls directly from the docs, tooling to help you understand API usage and the like. So, yeah, that's ReadMe in a nutshell.
0: That is very, very cool. I like that. Very nice. Okay, so tell me a little bit about you like as a dev then like what's your area of expertise what types of projects do you usually work on all that stuff
3: yeah i describe myself as a full ish stack javascript developer you know i have like a slight bend towards more server-side development i don't know full stack implies that i have like full understanding of the entire stack and i am constantly learning new things these days, I've been working on our CLI tool a lot. It also kind of functions as a CI-CD tool. It's essentially our CLI tool is a client for the ReadMe API. So I'm also involved in the development and design of our actual API as well. So a lot of javascript API type stuff.
0: Nice. Yeah. So what language is the
3: is your CLI written in? It's all JavaScript. Is it really? Yeah, it's a Node TypeScript CLI actually very recently started doing some pretty cool stuff too. There's this Vercel package called package, PKG, and it essentially allows us to compile these node libraries into single executable files. So we've been kind of trying to come up with creative ways to keep the developer experience of TypeScript internally, while also trying to get the sort of performance and distribution benefits
0: that's really cool. That's awesome. Okay, so you've been working with some of our developer tools, 1Password's developer tools recently. That's right. How long have you been doing that and like what features have you used?
3: I mean, I've been in the 1Password ecosystem as a non-developer user or probably like eight years now or something like that. And I would say my first foray into the developer tool, like the 1Password developer tool ecosystem was pretty recently. I think I first caught wind of the the shell plugin ecosystem when y'all announced it. I want to say this is back in like December or so. And since then, I've been playing around with the 1Password CLI. I have a bunch of little aliases for injecting one-time passwords and commands and whatnot and just using it to kind of optimize my general sort of daily workflow. But my first foray into it was developing the readme shell plugin.
0: Very nice. Okay, so what does the readme shell plugin do then with 1Password?
3: Yeah, so... I alluded to it a little bit, but the readme cli is essentially a CI/CD type tool that users can integrate into GitHub or GitLab or any sort of like CI/CD process to sync documentation from wherever they want to store it like their markdown files into readme and, you know, as part of that people are often juggling API keys, that's just a day in the life of developers. So we have you know, README API keys for people to sync documentation to their README projects. So essentially the README CLI in tandem with the README shell plugin allows you to take your README API keys when they're stored in one password and invoke authenticated commands into README directly. So
0: pretty cool stuff. Nice. Without having plain text secrets out in the world and and everything else. Yeah. That is very,
1: very cool. Exactly.
0: I like that a lot. So you've, you've actually submitted two merge requests well you submitted three but you, you've merged three merge requests up to our shell plugins uh, repo oh yeah on github contributing back to our open source project for shell plugins like how was that experience how did that go like where did you find yourself reaching for stack overflow and, and and where did you sort of use your own street smarts to get this thing up
3: and running oh michael i was reaching in all kinds of places <laughs> because i have never written a a line of Go in my life up until this point. And, you know, I've definitely been pretty much exclusively embedded in the JavaScript ecosystem for the last like five years. So it was daunting at first, but I had a bunch of different individuals that were super helpful on the one password developer team, just answering questions and giving detailed review feedback and whatnot. The VS Code Go extension You mentioned just intuition and insights around this. I would say in place of that, I had the VS code go extension and that was honestly wonderful. There were some certain like semantics around Golang and you know, it auto formatted my code. It yelled at me when I wrote things improperly. So just kind of having training wheels in that sense was very helpful. And yeah, anytime I had just like basic like go semantics questions, I was honestly able to open up an issue in that repository and people were able to address my questions very quickly and easily so i felt very supported i think end to end because i i definitely needed it
0: (laughs) that's great that's great so now with the readme plugin out in our shell plugins repo that means it's available for anyone who's using readme and one password to be able to to hook everything up that they need completely self-serve at this point right
3: That's right. Yeah, it does feel like a very like first party integration with one password in many senses, just because we have like our own dedicated docs page on the one password developer docs. And we've been able to refer to that when talking about it internally, externally. So yeah, it's out there in the world. It's been out now for a couple months. It's exciting. That's
0: very, very cool. I subscribe to the one password hashtag on Mastodon, and like I'll just see people like, Oh, look, I published this article about like this new shell plugin I wrote. And I was like, Oh yeah. That's amazing. Like it's not even on our website. People are just writing about this stuff. The community aspect of this I think is so so cool. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the major challenges of building security tools for developers is building them in a way that actually speeds up people's workflows instead of slowing, slowing them down. Yeah. <laughs> how did we do with that? Like what, with your experience that you had now, like there's sort of that, that running joke of like, I took 40 hours to automate a task that would have taken me to kind of situation. Like, how did we do with all of this from your point of view?
3: Oh my gosh. I'm so guilty of that all the time. <laughs> I'm always like trying to over index and like over optimize my workflows. Like anytime I can spend like 30 minutes, like turning three clicks into 2 It's worth my time, you know. And so, yeah, I think that there are, on the whole, traditionally, when, let's say, publishing a package to the NPM registry, right, where every time you run the publish command locally, you have to click to open one password, click to grab the one-time password token, click back and paste it in and everything. Just being able to alias all that, do all these kinds of little things to optimize a lot of these different, like, click journeys and whatnot, it's it's been a dream. So yeah, I get the sense that there's definitely people like me behind these one password developer tool decisions because it has been wonderful in that sense.
0: That's awesome. Okay, so we've got we've got the readme shell plugin in the one password shell plugins repo. Are you working on anything else right now? Like what's next for readme? Like what do you got coming up that you want to talk
3: about? Yeah, we have some exciting things in the works with respect to creating a an all-encompassing dashboard for developers to access their api keys make successful requests a lot of different ways for when end users interact with an api they just have to go to their docs and make those calls get all the tools that they need to be successful with the api so kind of just like i think continued investment on that front from a readme standpoint enterprise authentication is a big priority for us and we've been like looking into passkey support and whatnot nothing to announce on that front
0: yeah passkeys have been huge for us we are we are very much embracing passkey future yeah i'm pretty excited
3: about all of that one passkey is that the is that the plan
0: yep uh you heard it here first (laughs) uh it's gonna be one passkey you nailed it good job
3: (laughs) love it Uh, all right i'll send you my address so i can take that check yeah yeah yeah, you got it amazing get some royalties off that for sure
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, Kanad, listen, this has been a ton of fun. Where can people go to find out more about you or follow what you're working on or what ReadMe is working on? Anything you want to share
3: there? Yeah, I think we at ReadMe are on most social media platforms. We do have Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. We have a blog y'all can follow. We're going to be writing actually about our one password shell plug in here pretty soon. We'll have a lot of exciting things to say on that front. Nice. And yeah, you can check us out, readme.com very coveted domain that's really good yeah yeah, yeah. when did you register that like 2004 holy cow that's pretty good let's just say we got (laughs) in touch with the guy who registered it in 2004 so
0: (laughs) all right well cannot it was wonderful to have you here today i do appreciate it and uh thank you so much
3: yeah thanks for having me, michael have a good one
0: And there we have it, everyone. It was really great to catch up with Simon and Dennis earlier today, as well as Kanad just now, and just really get into the developer community, building cool things and and the incredible developer tools that we we already have, and those that we look forward to in the future. I think that concludes our developer special here, uh, but if you want to find out more about anything you've heard today, Head over to developer.onepassword.com. It is a fantastic documentation site, which it is. Just trust me, it's great. Go check it out. Happy coding. Thanks for listening. Till next time, bye bye.